On this second Sunday of Advent, we turn to the beginning of Mark's Gospel. Mark writes this. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now... John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I've baptized you with water, but he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Each week we add a piece in our preparation. Each Sunday morning we add some other thing that helps us prepare for you to come again this year, even as you have already come. This morning we ask that you speak to us yet again, refresh us yet again, renew us yet again, help us do what we need to do so that you might arrive on Christmas Eve and Christmas morn. Speak, we pray, in Christ's name, amen. So what are you expecting from God this year? That was the question we asked last Sunday as we started this series called Expectation. What are you expecting from God this Advent? And we went on to, we talked about, well, we used Isaiah actually, Isaiah 40, in beginning that time together, voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and prepare the way of the one who is to come and And we went on to talk about how expectation goes both ways, that it's not just a one-way street. Faith instead is a two-way street, that relationships are an exercise in reciprocity, that that's what it's all about, that the very thing you are expecting from God might just turn around and become the thing God begins to expect from you. So what are you expecting from God this year? Mark's gospel, as it starts off, pretty much picks up right where we left off last week. Quotes from the same passage that we used last week from Isaiah. A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And Mark, by doing that, starts his gospel off in a unique way. 
I've often highlighted how all the Gospels start off their, gospel, their stories completely differently from, different from one another. Matthew and Luke are actually the closest in how they begin. Matthew starts off his with a long list, a, a genealogy of a family tree, you know, that it'll put you to sleep if you try to read the whole thing. It just is this long list of names. He's connecting Jesus all the way back to Abraham. In other words, he's describing the lineage. He's making it official before he starts his story and how he tells his version of the birth story. Luke is similar, though he doesn't do a genealogy. Luke gives the background to John the Baptist's family and Jesus' family and how they relate to one another long before he starts in on his birth narrative, which is the place we get most of what we have come to know as Jesus' birth story is from Luke. John does something completely different. John begins with this description of the mystery of God incarnate with those famous words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But Mark, Mark wants nothing to do with any of that. Mark doesn't want to butter us up with a romanticized story of some baby in a manger or anything like that. Mark doesn't want to wax on poetic with some grand description of God's great mystery or anything like that. Mark wants to get right down to business. Skip all that fluffy stuff, if you were to ask Mark, I think. Just skip all that stuff and get right down to business. That's what we get in Mark. We get instead of a baby Jesus, we get a full-grown Jesus that's already ready to start his ministry right from the outset. Right as he busts out of the chute, he puts John the Baptist right out front, getting right down to it, preparing the way for the one who is to come. In other words, Mark starts off by expecting something from us. He wants us to do something first. Before we start telling stories and kneeling in front of a manger and singing angels we have heard on high, Mark wants us to do something, and the something Mark wants us to do is make room for the one who is to come. To make room in our lives for Christ's coming, for Christ to come into our heart. He wants us to make room. That's Mark's advent challenge. And he places John the Baptist out front. That's why he does it. As one commentary puts it, Mark puts John the Baptist right out front, right at the get-go, as he draws in. He's drawing in. That's what Mark's doing. Drawing in people from the countryside and from the city and drawing them away from whatever it is that occupies their life. Whatever it is that weighs them down and brings them out into the wilderness as John the Baptist asks them what might it look like to make room in your life for the one who is to come? What does that look like? What's weighing on your heart? What do you need to shed your life of? That's what baptism of repentance and confession are all about. To shed yourself of the thing that thing is weighing you down. You think of sin as a, as a weight that needs to be shed. That's what John's doing. Think of him as a, the great cleanser. 
He's got like a scouring pad. He's going around cleaning stuff. He's cleaning the path. He's helping people clean out what they need to clean out in order to make room. That's what he's doing. And he's asking that not only of the people of that time, but of us. Mark's Advent Challenge. So what's weighing you down? What's occupying your life? What slowing you up? Keeping you from living the life that deep down you know God truly wants you to live. What is it? Let me ask you this. What is one thing, just one, what's one thing that you've been needing to let go of that you've never been able to let go of? Just one. That's a fun question, right? Don't we just love that question? We love, we hate that question. We totally hate that question. Because it means you've got to look at yourself. And that's what Mark's doing. He's inviting us to come out into the wilderness with John and take a long, hard look at ourselves. And that's the last thing we want to do. We don't like that question. I don't want to do that. Let's talk about the cowboy season. That's better. Cowboy season, anyone? Cow, what's your favorite movie? What book you been reading? That's, I can do that. That's so much easier. It's funny, right? We all, we'd rather do that stuff. We'd rather just try and manage ourselves along with whatever it is that's holding us down and not actually deal with the stuff that's weighing us down. Let's just talk about the cowboys, please. I don't want to talk about that other stuff. We hate that question. It's funny, the, the thing that we need to do the most for ourselves is often the thing we don't want to do. We'd rather just live with it, whatever it is. Just live with it. We don't want to deal with that question. It frightens us. It frightens us. And yet it's the very thing Mark begins his gospel with, to make room for the one who is to come, the one who's going to walk into your life, walk into your heart. Make room. But we're scared of it. So we just don't do it. You know what we're like? We're, we're like, spiritually, we're like a boat that's been sitting in the water and not, hadn't gone anywhere for a while, a long time. Just been sitting there, you know, in the dock. Hadn't moved, but it's, you know, a really nice boat. And you go and you, you look at it, you're like, boy, that's a really nice boat. You get in it, you know, and it's like, boy, these are, this has got a cabin, you know, or a refrigerator. I mean, it's got TV, and look at that. This is a really nice boat. And then you see it when they pull it up out of the water. You look up underneath. What's under? It's this gunk. This sludge, just this stuff hanging off the bottom of the hull, barnacles, you know, just a bunch of gook. And you got to clean that stuff off or the boat's really not going to move very well through the water. Oh, it will, but it's not going to do it as well. It slows it down. Stuff that weighs it down if you get too much of it. That's what we're like. We look on the outside, you know. Look nice, got a nice robe, little stole. Boy, they look nice, we say. We will look at people, we'd say, they look, 
They just have it all together. I just don't, they have it, they just seem to have it all together, we say. They just look so nice. And yet, somehow we were able to pull them up out of the water, you know. Bet we'd find some gook and stuff hanging on the bottom of their soul, weighing them down. Stuff that we need to get rid of. What's weighing you down? What's one thing that you've been needing to let go of that you haven't let go of that you need to? That's Mark's Advent challenge. And we're frightened by the whole idea. We'd rather do anything else. Anything. Let me do anything else. You know what Mark's challenging us to do? Mark is challenging us to seek out a John the Baptist in our life. Who's a John the Baptist in your life? Who is someone in your life that you trust completely? Someone that you can confide in, I mean, tell them everything kind of person. Someone that is that person for you, a John the Baptist for you, that you can go out into the middle of nowhere and say, I got to tell you something. I got to get something off my chest. It's been weighing on me for years. No one knows what it is. And I've been letting it build up. And that stuff can be anything. It can be, it can be a, something that hurt you at some point in your life and you've never dealt with it. Never dealt. Or you hurt someone else and you know it. It drives you crazy because you know you're a good person and you don't want to hurt people, but you didn't follow up and it's sitting there hanging on the bottom of your gut. It could be something that you're doing in your life that is not good for you, that you know you need to stop, but you can't stop, you know, because I like gummy bears, or I like, I, I love sugar, or I like, whatever, whatever it is that you know you need to stop, it's been driving the people need to tell you, you need to, but you hadn't told anybody. You need to do it. You need a John the Baptist in your life. Someone you can tell them anything. Anything. And they're going to love you and forgive you anyway. They're going to wrap their arms around you just like God does. And they're going to be God's voice to you and say it's going to be okay. Find that person. And let them know what's hanging heavy on your soul. frightened by that idea though, aren't we? I was reading a daily devotion by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I've been reading his daily devotion. He's a theologian. I hate that guy. <laughs> and and he, has, he has a devotion on Advent. One of, he has a number of them on Advent. One's enough though, let me tell you. And he says this great line in it. He says, Advent, God's coming, Advent, he says, is a truly joyous message. But it is frightful news to anyone with a conscience. But first, he says, it's frightful news to anyone with a conscience. Advent, I love that line, Advent, first, is frightful news to anyone with a conscience. I know why he says it. He says it 
because like Mark, he knows that we cannot truly welcome Jesus Christ into our heart, into our life in a new way without shedding some of that stuff that's hanging on to the bottom of our soul, dragging us down, making us wake up in the morning one day and not want to get out of bed and wonder why the world feels so heavy, that kind of stuff that we need to let go, that we've never let go of. That He knows that we can't truly welcome Christ into our heart unless we shed some of that stuff. And he also knows we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. We'd rather just manage it. I know my stuff. <laughs> it's frightful news to us. Dreadful news. And yet Bonhoeffer would say it is necessary news in order that we might welcome good news. Do me a favor. Don't let another year go by without starting to shed your life some of the stuff that's dragging you down, hanging on the bottom of your soul. Find, find your John the Baptist. Have a little chat. Create room in your heart. Jesus Christ to arrive in a whole new way. Don't waste another second.